Welcome to the second episode of the DA Scienced Podcast. <laughs> we totally didn't record that intro twice because we're still not. <laughs> do we really know the name? No. We don't know the name, but nomenclature, haha. Do science people know what nomenclature means? Um, Science people do know what nomenclature means, but this science person never learned her nomenclature. Really? really? Yes. Oh, nomenclature just means naming things fancy. I really don't well, know, know what, what the general public doesn't know. Oh, I know what nomenclature like, word means. I just never learned my nomenclature. I just didn't think that All it was going to be important. And guess what? It's important. I thought you were going to say, it's it, it's not. Well, it kind of isn't. Every single class, every single like, chem class especially I take, they're like, oh, here's the nomenclature. You should know this for the exam. Is there a question about nomenclature? Maybe, but usually not. Yeah, like, that's funny. I remember the first midterm I took of OCHEM. It was an entire thing of like not actual chemistry, but just here was a chemical compound, name it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm good at OCHEM. And then the second <laughs> midterm, that's like actual OCHEM. I was like, oh, I got like a 17%. Maybe I'm not good at this. Like, <laughs> I will never forget the day that I found out I passed OCHEM 1. I was walking through. We were lost in the middle of Japan. I had no idea where I was. So like, dramatic. I, so, like, I had turned on my data on my phone, which I knew my parents were going to murder me about, because I think it's, like, something stupid. $40 a day if you turn <laughs> on your international, yeah. like, roaming or whatever. Yeah. And we were just, like, lost in Japan. I turn on my international data, and I see like, a notification from Blackboard. I'm aging myself Yes, here. you are aging yourself. You're um, ancient. And it says, great posted. And I go, and I look. And my third. 35% got me a C in OCHEM. And nice. I was like, never have to take it again. Dude, I thought I like, I was cheating the system with like a 45%. So this is, this is actually terrible. This is a terrible system. Have introduced our topic, which is not failing OCHEM or not failing OCHEM. Oh no, we're no longer failing OCHEM. Yeah. We're just not taking it. Yeah. But the topic of today's podcast is going to be Facebook. A lot of different levels to this because there's been so much news in the past few weeks. Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp were down. So you'd think that's what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. No, not really. I mean, kind of. It kind of, like, ties in. Yeah. Also, just for everybody who's listening and is like, why are you guys talking about Facebook? Like, what does that have to do with science? Well, you know, we're STEM ladies here. And do you know what STEM stands for? The T, at least, stands for tech. And you know what tech is? Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, technology, that's with, you know, when you open your phone. And there's the whole world in there. <laughs> and that's technology. Whole other topic. I still can't <laughs> believe that this exists. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? What is this? Like, okay. There was a time that this just wasn't life. No way. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would open your computer, and there just wouldn't be any... There's no computer. <laughs> we, there was you a time where computer. you would just open, but no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you would just breathe. You would just light a fire with sticks. <laughs> and that's why we need STEM. <laughs> <laughs> Your sticks need stem. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So I didn't watch the 60 Minutes episode. I did listen to the New York Times's The Daily about this. I've been seeing headlines. I so, saw four TikToks. Oh, and she saw four TikToks. So can we both, with our collective approximate knowledge of the situation, describe it to our listeners? So what happened was basically Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all those Facebook constituents, big word, shut down from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. I don't know if it's Eastern time or Pacific no time, way. but I know that those are the times I was told on TikTok. But yeah, so about three hours, they just did not work. I remember opening my Instagram and not loading and be like, damn, my shitty service. And yeah. then later going on TikTok and finding out it was not my shitty service. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happened. And so what everybody's saying, at least mm -hmm. in my realm of the internet. According to your TikTok algorithm. Actually, <laughs> is that the 60 Minutes episode where they had a whistleblower from 
Facebook's, I think, integrity department, Mm -hmm. who released, like, thousands and thousands of pages of documents basically saying that Facebook cares more about money than they do about your security. They only, like, delete about 3-5% to of all hate comments because other ones get a lot of views, and the views get the money. So, it basically, this whistleblower, I think she was a woman, said all these things that we kind of knew were true, but she said it on 60 Minutes. Yeah, and she worked at Facebook, so, and her name is... And she had receipts. Oh, she brought the receipts. Her name's Frances... Again, I don't know how to spell, read, or write. But yeah, and I know specifically elections were like a huge deal, have been a huge deal for the past several years. And I know from some of the sources that I heard, specifically the New York Times, I know she was specifically citing bullying and like the body image issues within um, like teenage girls and kind of just knowing internally that Facebook was like, dang, this is actually detrimental to lots of people's mental health. What if we like remove the likes and it didn't work? <laughs> and they're like, that's... <laughs> so weird okay anyway you know like we're moving on i feel like both of those are i mean maybe it's just like both of us are in this middle spot where i kind of feel like it's still relevant for people in their 20s to be like oh i've totally looked at people on instagram and facebook mostly instagram like hated my life or like i was like "Mm, it's so easy to be skinny and rich however (laughs) i cannot attain that yet why can't i be skinny exactly (laughs) and then i also relate to oh i guess i vote in elections and live in the same country that a lot of these facebook users i would like to live in a working democracy so I feel like both of these are really important issues another thing that I think she brought up is all the fake news about COVID that's being spread as well yeah they said that they were going to regulate the the truth about vaccines regulate the truth about COVID and to an extent they tried to yeah but very heavy air quotes but they didn't because what's getting all those views is those conspiracy theories about COVID those conspiracy theories about the vaccine yeah those anti-vaxxing things those pro-vaxxing things that aren't really true yeah whatever niche you fall into that's like ridiculously inaccurate yeah so so many views bring in so so much money for facebook yeah they only get rid of bits and pieces but not nearly all of it yeah it's really hard because their business model is very much or at least like the way that they measure success oh are you glued to your phone like are you clicking on things oh are you like engaging with content honestly like the not spicy very dry and informative truthful stuff isn't super duper good for facebook's metrics that's one thing that me talking about myself again but in the product world like product management I've been I've been like deep in recruiting season for a lot of these tech companies and the way that softwares and mobile applications and very similar to Facebook and Instagram measure how they do things the numbers don't really relate to the human impact enough and I don't know we're both Instagram users more than we should be actually (laughs) and like I think in the past year like it's your experience seeing a little pop-up where this is post looks like it's about COVID (laughs) and it doesn't really tell you anything other than oh geez <laughs> like oh, no. yeah and it's like this maybe it's true maybe it's not but like it's like sometimes it's not even anything related and, to like, like i always want to like click on it because sometimes they say like find out what's true and what's false in this specific post it's like the just, cdc the website most, <laughs> the like general thing you've ever seen but also well where this whole thing came from yeah jessica and i i think i sent her a voice message at like eight in the morning the other morning <laughs> like it was a saturday yeah i should not have been awake but i sent her this voice message basically saying let's talk about all this misinformation in on the internet about COVID. That's science. We yeah. like that. Horse horse medicine is actually good because I'm, I'm not a, a sudden, sheep. I'm a horse. This whole Facebook thing happens. This 
whole whistleblower thing happens the next day. Yeah. Then the day after that, Facebook's all of their stuff shuts down. And then all I keep picturing is that little man in The Social Dilemma who always reminds me of Elon Musk, that actor who played the actual algorithm in The Social Dilemma. Oh, I don't. I have not seen The Social Dilemma. You haven't dilemma. seen it? Oh, The Social Oh, the social Dilemma. I thought you were talking yeah. about The Social Network, the one with Jesse Eisenberg. No, I have not seen that one. Awkward. No. Okay, I was like, I was in Facebook mode. But yeah. Yeah. Don't remember the actor, but I totally remember the little man. The little man who, like, yeah. in my head is just Elon Musk if he were an actor. I totally thought you meant, like, a physical <laughs> little man. I was like, that's ableist. <laughs> like, no, that's no. super mean. In my head, he was just, like, a very small, like, yeah. three-inch tall man living inside my Yeah, computer. me not knowing how AI works, and I'm like, it's just lots of little people. It's just that little guy who kind of looks like Elon Musk. I'm sure you were also on Twitter, because that was the only thing that was there when, like, all of Facebook and Instagram was down. Or, oh my gosh, Facebook is down. Quick, everyone text your uncles and tell them to get vaccinated. This is the only time this could work. I feel like that's super duper... Oh no, it's very... I guess we do have a good intuition about everything yeah. that's happening in the world. Exactly. We just, like, <laughs> we just really live in this world and it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we are. We can perceive. And that is so amazing of us. Yeah. I just kind of, in my head... So my mom's like, you need to watch this movie, Julia. This was Christmas, by the way. So almost a year ago. My mom's like, we need to watch this movie as a family. I've heard that it will change our lives. And I'm like, okay, let's watch this movie that's going to change our lives. I was sitting there like at my dining room table doing a puzzle while my parents were actively watching this movie because I cannot actively watch a movie because yeah. I don't have that attention span. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Relatable. But anyway, social drama. This is the movie. It basically like talks a lot about, in a fun way, with a little Elon Musk looking actor <laughs> living inside your computer. Yeah. Basically making whatever you want to see what you see on your computer on your phone on your facebook on your instagram on your google literally it's all based directly to what you want to see and so where this whole idea came from originally way back on saturday by the way it's wednesday tuesday today so yeah. four days ago in case you were wondering where the news we are may in the have changed by the time that you listen to this <laughs> podcast so i saw something on tiktok on saturday that was basically like you doing your research on the COVID vaccine isn't actually research because if you're doing research, you're just looking at other people's studies and you're looking at like what you want to see. You're not actively doing clinical trials. That's not research if you're just reading random Google articles that's directed for you. And like this woman was going on and on about how doing your own research about the COVID vaccine isn't actually real research, blah, blah, blah. But it got me thinking about how that movie again, where if you Google something about COVID, you and I might get the same answers because we have very similar lifestyles and the fact that we're both like college age, college age. Liberal-ish STEM majors. Like in the same like, geographic region. And you probably watch the same dumb things yeah, on social media. Yeah, but we're still yeah. not the same person. Like, we're not going to get the exact same thing. But my mother and I, who are two very different people, yeah. I love my mother to death, but I'm like the black sheep of the family, so I'm super liberal, super like, yeah. science-y. And, like, my family's all very conservative, very money businessy. My mom's a teacher, so that's different. Again. But, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm very much on the far end of the spectrum from my family. And so my mom and I, if we Google, say like COVID vaccine information yeah we might get two very different articles as our top art because she hangs out with a lot of Catholics who are very much anti-vaxxers not talking down about her friends or anything but she, even she's told me she's like I don't understand why my friends are this way and I'm like, yeah it's it's just their a unhappy coincidence very, it's, no it is they like blame the Catholicism on why they don't want to get vaccinated it's yeah well I think that's true and like oh I think ideologies exist in communities it's never just oh one person yeah. is like bad in a vacuum or like not bad in a vacuum but misinformed formed in a vacuum. 
oh, like you have trust built within a community. And if one person who's influential is like, yeah. hey, by the way, did you know that like, it might cause pregnancy issues? Like get vaccinated then. Or all like of a they use stem cells and stem cells are inherently bad. And in the vast majority of Catholics' mind, you hear stem cell research, you think bad. Yeah, like, like ab- abortion and fetuses. Because yeah. I think the general public just to kind of bring it back a little bit, because like we're familiar with stem cell research. but like, You're very familiar with stem cell research. Yeah, I spent a year doing stem cell research and I feel like a lot of people or even like scientists don't know that stem cells can come from places that aren't fetuses and even within adults it can come from places that aren't you can make stem cells out of a lot of different cells in your body so someone won a nobel prize for this like for 10 years ago i think it was like yamanaka or i don't know some dude well and basically he reprogrammed a cell that was fully so a stem cell is an undifferentiated cell that can proliferate forever and ever and ever in basic words a stem cell you can turn into any cell you want and yeah keep yeah so like it doesn't have a job yet and you could give it any job you want and it'll just keep chugging along so basically pretty recently in science years someone was like okay cool even though this is a fully adult cell that knows what it wants to be for the rest of its life we can revert it back to this baby cell that could become anything it wants so metaphor for your life i (laughs) that is i'm just like a stupid little cell and last year it was funny i worked an internship where like all like 10 or 11 of us were working on different stem cell projects i was working on cells that were previously skin cells that were reprogrammed to be brain cells. So there's nothing really unethical unless, so this dude was like a volunteer, like this old white dude named Craig who like <laughs> volunteered his skin and now we've turned them into brains, which is like its own thing. Like one, that's weird. You, yeah, that is playing God. So I guess that's offensive and not like fetus yeah. oriented way. But other than that, very cool science. You read the book. It's This is a book I tell every single person I've ever met about. It's called Never Let Me Go. Uh-huh. We read it in like high school and you know, normal high schoolers don't read it my high school did and it's basically about a whole like group of people who were grown to be organs donors for another person oh so like all the rich people have like themselves cloned and then grown so that if in the future they need an organ this person they can take the organ from i think there's another book that's a children's book i think it's the scorpion or something like that where it's the same thing but it's like a drug lord and it follows the life of this drug lord's clone because like for the same purpose basically yeah. so he can live forever but that's super cool and it's one of my all-time favorite books definitely recommend it oh wow but it's more ethical anyway yeah using somebody's skin cells to create brain cells is more ethical than growing a whole person to take their brain eventually yeah and like oh no no one cares about our opinions on even like the use of fetal embryo tissues or other like so you could also get um stem cells from like bone marrow is like a big yeah. place and like oh i'm trying to think your intestines there's a lot but like the whole point is my mother who is not a scientist mm-hmm. and hangs out with her her not scientist friends you need um, to stop you're we're very she- Obviously, I, former I, Catholics. I, 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 <laughs> I like I love the Catholics in my life like so much. It's just I know that her and her friends have yeah. always spewed the same information to me. I'll be having a conversation with my mother, and she's like, "Well, you know, seventy percent of all stem cells used in research come from aborted fetuses." I'm like, "Where did this number come? Show well, me the research." Facebook. <laughs> like, what are you referencing? Like, yeah, that's not a number you can reference. And my mother's a very smart woman. Like, I don't want anybody to think that I'm like bashing my mom. No, this is just a conversation that we had at one point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. might think differently now. That's like a statistic that I think is thrown around in her circle and I'm sure that her yeah. circle is very similar to a lot of other circles out there Yeah, where these statistics are thrown around that aren't real and even I had a roommate who felt the same way and who said like of something very similar to me and I'm like no that's not true and we were both college students so mm-hmm. she was really smart in her field. I'm mediocrely smart in my field. She's super smart don't <laughs> But we've had this conversation before and I'm like well I've even brought up your research. I'm like here's what oh. Jessica does. 
that's not how it's used. And like, she believes me because she knows that I do a decent amount of smart stuff and I know a decent amount of smart stuff in this field. Mm-hmm. So she'll believe me, but other people don't believe me. Because yeah. why believe some random 22 year old when <laughs> I am a 60 year old who's lived a whole life? And yeah. Like, so, okay, just to like wind it back a little bit so it's a little bit easier for like our listeners to understand. So, Whistleblower mentioned, okay, Facebook's doing a bunch of bad things. A couple of the bad things is they don't have enough infrastructure available to say, hey, this is misinformation. And also they create an environment using these algorithms, drive these success metrics to basically like show you what you want. So the truth really isn't the truth. You just mentioned kind of like your mom and her friends not knowing how to do like quote unquote research. So one thing I really want us to talk about is how does someone who does have a strong understanding of science and like exploring knowledge in like a credible way go about doing research like specifically about COVID. So where would you go? What have you been doing since 2020 as far as like trying to learn new things? Honestly, I'm pretty lazy in my COVID <laughs> research. I'm not yeah. gonna lie to you. Yeah. Like I'll go on the CDC website, I'll go on the WHO website, and that's about the most that I'll do. Like honestly, I'm not all that worried about a microchip being implanted in me. I have a freaking birth control implant. If they wanted to put a like a microchip in me, that's the place to do it. Yeah, like, we also have smartphones. So <laughs> like congratulations. Like, I like, literally <laughs> every single person probably listening to this podcast on this planet whatever has my location because I'm not all that secretive about where I am and what I'm doing that's actually like that's a huge <laughs> that would be terrible if, if the amount of people who had access to like you know like a Spotify or SoundCloud yeah, like, podcast knew your location but that's okay and this is why STEM majors need to know that humanities and hyperbole <laughs> hyperbole yes and honestly though I'm really not all that concerned about being tracked yeah I'm, I'm just not my brother had a stalker and like he should be concerned about being tracked so I should be like, more <laughs> concerned about like being tracked but i'm not you should um, oh yeah yeah uh, and that's a show everybody yeah thanks uh, no yeah head, like, one who's looking for me like the yeah. government go for it what yeah. am i doing wrong probably a lot yeah not purposefully <laughs> not the direction one like not like the that's a, okay so back to informative back to anyway. informative so i think you gave out a couple of good tips though like i feel like the whole thing of like why do we trust the cdc and who goes into the thing where it's like yeah I think large government or small and local government organizations are like a great place to point to. a lot of social media, especially with like election quote unquote fraud and like the concerns about fraud. The growth of power and like kind of that tightened sphere of influence within social media has a lot to do with you can't trust the government. Well, 100%. And yeah. like the thing is, is, I'm kind of a big conspiracy theorist for yeah. being like, like who I am. And like, you should question powers and you should, of but... like institutions and governments and stuff. But like, so. I also want to go see my concert. Like, <laughs> Let's just like do what we gotta do to get back to life. Like, yeah. And I don't know, maybe I'm definitely naive about it, and I think that's true, but I'm not gonna like question these powers that be because what is me personally questioning mm. like gonna do anything? This Ooh. is a whole other tangent. I saw a singular TikTok about it, so this is not factual. At yeah. All. But apparently, some papers were released that basically, again, like thousands of pages, journalists are like sifting through right now that show like the mega, mega rich, like mm-hmm. are like hiding their money and how like. Oh, the Pandora Papers. Yeah, the Pandora Papers. Yeah. And how they're all doing it and what's going on with that. I feel like that also ties into the big government, like, conspiracy. And when shit like that comes out, obviously you're going to want to question, like, the people in charge. Yeah. Because even though the Kardashians are, like, stupid rich, I don't think that they're involved in the Pandora Papers. They they have billions, but not, like, you know. They they're don't not- have the amount of power that the billionaire, like, presidents and billionaire, yeah. like, queens and kings have. Like, yeah. 
Like, there are richer people than our imagination can, like, understand. When I think of a rich person, I think of the Kardashians, but, like, nobody thinks about, like, those mega-rich people who, like, run the entire world. Yeah. (laughs) We don't know about them. Yeah. I understand the fear there. Like, I understand being nervous about these people who have all this money and all this power. Yeah. It's affecting me, like, a lot in the sense that they definitely could be sharing their money and we definitely could be living better than we are. Yeah. But... Bring out the guillotine. No. it's not... It's not, like... (laughs) It's not affecting me to the point where I think that they're actively trying to murder me. Because yeah. without me, then what's the point of being rich if they don't have somebody to be like, I'm richer than you? Like- without specifically <laughs> Julia. Or I feel like one thing that's interesting about billionaires and government and scientists is that, especially with the Trump administration, I feel like science has been politicized. And like, it's always been the case that certain political administrations point who's the scientific leaders within government. Trump would bring like people who didn't really quote unquote believe in climate change like into the EPA so yeah even though these are like credible government organizations since they're like staffed and filled up by humans who have varying backgrounds in science even though you're like oh it's a CDC the CDC and like our local governments could very well be led by people who have scientific backgrounds who are just like picked by like mere like political officials or one thing that I've been really annoyed about is the difference between epidemiology and medicine and there are a lot of medical professionals who would give their epidemiological advice when they don't really know about the spread of disease like they know a lot about the individual presentation of disease they might know a lot about how to treat a disease but they don't know best practices what's really interesting though is like yeah trump's administration not to get political at all but it wasn't really run by people who knew a lot about the aspects that they were in the yeah whatever the secretary of education like, betsy devos yeah she had no idea about the public school system like yeah. obviously when covid hit we had dr Fauci and he is actual like epidemiologist like yeah. he is the top person in science in that field yeah and just for context too I don't know if you're aware of his background but he was one of the like yeah. greatest scientists who helped understand yeah the HIV yeah. epidemic I like saw him in not him actually a citation of his lab in one of my textbooks I guess Tony Fauci is pretty influential he, <laughs> he is a very very smart scientist when it comes to the spread of viruses like, yeah that is something that he knows really well and it's really really awesome that we had that person as a leader when COVID hit but the fact that our president wasn't listening to him even though he was the one who appointed him to this position then we had just general people just believing that he was like some kind of like random plant some kind of bad guy like no this is what he does for a living why don't we trust scientists Italian phobia that's why it's exactly it's the Fauci (laughs) you see the eye at the end of the name <laughs> Sorry, okay, okay, okay. Let's go one episode, a single me talking to myself like you can't make fun of Italians this episode. We are zero for two. We've been making a lot of jokes about failing oh, yeah. chemistry. Oh yeah. And like and like ex Catholicism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, I'm not an ex-Catholic. I'll still go to church with you. Yeah, I'm X stands for it's extra Catholic. <laughs> it's extra. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh wait, no, not that. Not him. Love you, Jesus. This is not science. <laughs> <laughs> this is not science. Anyway, going back to the original topic in my head that we were going to talk about. COVID, epidemiology, Facebook, tech, policies. I cannot 
wrap my head around the fact that we have people who are so smart who created these algorithms that can personally shape your entire view worldview. Yeah. So like my worldview, even though like we're so similar, like we're very similar demographics, almost to the point where we're the same person almost. But yeah. our algorithms are probably so different. Yeah. And so my whole worldview is probably so much different than yours. Yeah. Because you know I grew up in Italian in New Jersey. Yeah. And you did not. Yeah. But like also because you live yeah. on College Ave and I live over in like Mission Valley. Like, yeah. Just like two miles away, but still. That geographic data like will kind of like dictate like whether or not like you'll get like the Mission Valley Mall ads yeah. as heavily as I do or things like that. Exactly. It's absolutely like strange how different our worldviews can be. It's like software engineers uh, are real and there are a lot yeah. of them. There are a lot of yeah. them. Holy moly. I really should have been more interested in like computers. It's like I kind of want to make six figures out of college, but it's okay. We have biology and it's so exciting. And right, don't you so really want to know more about mutation? Yeah. Like, but oh my gosh, the actual thing I was, I mean, I think the the same is true for biologists, but I think there's, there's a stereotype definitely in STEM that like tech and engineering people, I guess math people, but math people are like very few and far in between. Yeah. That I've noticed that a lot of the biology people are closer to being like more personable and like kind of have like better communication skills and kind of since biology and like health science has more of that humanities aspect to it and you see like students and professionals engage more in that space than you do in the tech industry but specifically so there's this really cool book called Deep Medicine by a San Diego local Eric Topol and he's this doctor talking about artificial intelligence and medicine I think whether it's in medicine or in like social media it's really cool because he discusses how all of the mistakes that a human can make in AI if you have errors it's a lot more dangerous because those mistakes happen at scale so like I think one thing that's hard for software engineers and for companies it's, it's not just like if you're a biologist and you're not doing anything automated pipette something incorrectly okay cool that one copy will have the incorrect amount of volume of reagent and that one or thing like, is even like, like incorrect. making it bigger like you're a pharmacist and you accidentally make one pill slightly incorrectly only like one person's gonna be affected. yeah or like one batch and yeah. like that's like thousands but when you say okay cool this is a structure that will be scaled and multiplied by times the amount of billions of users of facebook that impact is gonna trickle down trickle down oh no um, <laughs> like, yeah oh no no please um like way faster than things that humans can do so it's, it kind of sucks because engineers are humans i hate to admit it but they are like people who are responsible for these machines that do a lot of things for us whether they're like lifestyle or like tasks they're responsible for making them ethical and that, i'm not you know getting a comp sci degree or anything yeah. like that but that money like, i don't really know how much ethics is being included in that or how much human behavior is included within those current educational ecosystems well i'm actually really interested to see because also you brought up the whole hierarchy stereotype that biologists are more personable than the engineers and yeah stuff. and, and like, people I've, who are good at math and like i've kind of seen that hierarchy so i have two brothers if you haven't learned that through this podcast already yeah but so i'm a biochemist my brother does finance and my other brother is right now applying to college to be a mechanical engineer so you can even tell daniel's definitely the most personable the best to talk to mm-hmm. and that's because he's a businessman yeah even though finance is like a smart business <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely more of a personable person yeah i'm slightly more personable than owen and owen i love him to death he's the sweetest boy but he does not like social interactions yeah. and i think that that that's why more people care about what business 
business people and politicians have to say than scientists and then even more than engineers because business people politicians they know how to talk to people yeah scientists depending on like what field you're in aren't necessarily as personable as those people who are in those fields yeah and there's like a gap in even further you have your engineers computer scientists and it's not every single one is like that yeah. but in general like you kind of see there's definitely a hierarchy so maybe that is why pulling out my philosophy minor here, yeah <laughs> maybe that is why like we can't have certain people don't just trust scientists right off the bat because yeah. I mean have you ever read a scientific paper I'm looking at the microphone because I know Jessica has yeah. because you just have to in life look they're at the not, suffering in my eyes of course I've read scientific <laughs> literature they're not easy to read they're not fun to read you don't understand what you're reading even as a scientist my PI has even said it he's like I want you to read these papers and I understand that you're not going to understand all of it because yeah. I don't even understand all of it but you put enough heads together and you'll understand the yeah. paper eventually because scientific papers are for only the people in that super duper specific field it's not yeah. even made generally for scientists or like generally even for like biochemists who work with like specific protein like or I no, don't know how specific like or not specific you, it gets if you're working with a certain type of fly in this one protein that this one fly produces and you're using this protein to do this one specific task that's what the paper's on yeah it's and if the, you understand the paper it's probably because it's your lab or a competing lab exactly. or a lab you work with and even if you're trying to look at somebody else's paper to get some like information for your lab because your lab is doing something slightly different you might not understand that paper yeah but you have to kind of understand one part of it to get what you need out of it yeah so anyway science is not written for the general person yeah and it needs that's a whole science is also not taught for, to the general person we, I think we talked about that last time where yeah the way that they teach science doesn't necessarily make sense and it doesn't necessarily help a science student be successful in the yeah. future and I think if we got past writing things to be so thick yeah. sometimes there are, you don't need your scientific paper to be winning a Nobel Literature Prize. Yeah. Like, if you want to win your Nobel Science Prize, like, I get it. Like, yeah. Do some good science, but it doesn't need to be so... Like, hard to read. Yeah, like I think people in STEM don't understand. If things are easy to understand, you're effectively communicating it and it'll be, it'll make your argument clear. Like, I feel like some people really like talking over others. So, okay, this is like kind of a tangent, but my roommates were arguing whether or not, or not arguing, I was the black sheep. I think Big Bang Theory is so not funny at all. And they all <laughs> think it's super duper funny. And my roommate, Knowing your roommates is hysterical. it's really funny because they're talking about like, oh, I think Sheldon's super funny because like that's such a common thing with men especially like men in like yeah. physics the more like physical sciences they will just say things that are super specific and i'll completely talk over it'll go over everyone's head that's actually not funny that makes my like that actually <laughs> makes my argument better like the big bang theory sucks sorry but it's just i don't know like i having allowing for a conversation that includes people like outside of your field and outside of like stem in general is more productive for me yeah well my you know austin yes my best pal, he's now a phd student at rice he i think it was like his fifth year he decided that he also wanted to minor in some kind of like I don't know if it was like rhetoric or like one of those like writing minors yeah so that he could more effectively communicate science oh And I don't know 
I don't, I don't know how well you know him, but he yeah. has helped me through a lot of classes in the fact of like just wanting to like help tutor me or help teach me certain aspects. And it's absolutely learning from him because he knows how to effectively communicate that smart science that's up in his brain. Yeah. Has been so much more beneficial than learning from people who are smarter than him who don't know how to effectively communicate. Yeah. And truly, like I learned more like working through one of my projects with him than I did from my entire semester of that class yeah and it's just because he knows how to effectively communicate and how to break things down to not like a fifth grade level but to my I've been in school for five years level yeah so that honestly like it helps me I can't imagine having things not dumbed down but like explained to you in a way that's not trying to be better yeah I feel like a lot of PhD programs are being really mindful of that gap and trying to fill it because I know at least at SDSU some of the PhD students are like really interested in scientific communication or like the superstars who are doing it in their free time and really making the effort to learn and one program that I heard is really unique like Dartmouth they have either their bio-y kind of concentrations or their chemistry kind of concentrations Um, one of my friends was interested and she was like oh they include a lot of topics in anthropology and sociology because they want their scientists to be able to contextualize their research so people care because if people don't care you won't get funding and then it sucks but on the other end of things so that's like kind of like in bio and chem and kind of the lab kind of sciences for engineering another PhD program that exists at the University of Washington it's called human-centered design and engineering I have a friend there that it's basically like you know how we said engineers have a hard time like (laughs) understanding and talking to caring for humans like this is like I'm saying this in a funny voice that I don't truly believe it I promise you I've kissed a disproportionate amount of engineers Um, yeah (laughs) exactly it's just really cool because they kind of teach people how to use technology in a way that makes sense for like advancing good in society so they do things like, oh how do you like look at behavioral science while you're developing software and hardware so you're inclusive different abilities when you're designing things which I use like a smartphone and I don't really have to like change any of the accessibility things but like I think that's super duper cool oh understanding again like using AI to match it up with problems in society instead of just look at this algorithm I don't know what it does like I mean not saying that that's what people do but I feel like it's really important of of being like okay like if we're investing effort into things are they useful and what's their scale and individual use as well as in society what place will this technology take well that's interesting because in like a whole different aspect a lot of other parts of life are trying to start thinking like that but I feel like science is one of the last ones to come to the table in that way yeah where but I have a friend and she graduated as a bio major and just like on the side she decided to start consulting and I'm like what are you consulting You are a fresh out of college, like uh-huh. with your biology major. Yeah, you're smart and all, and you were like top of your class, whatever. But like, what are you consulting about? And she's like, oh, 
Well, I go to companies who have job listings in STEM, and they're trying to recruit more women, and I tell them how to change their job listing to not sound so exclusive for oh. men. So she was making, like, decent money. She had one company actually, like, listen to her, and then they started offering her to other companies. And so she just works in, like, such a small sect where she would just help people, like, change their job listings to be more inclusive and to have women, people who have disabilities, make them want to apply to this job rather than only me strong white man yeah (laughs) that's super cool because i've been hearing about well on linkedin complain about job listings but from the more technical end like not really in like oh it's like non-inclusive but in the way oh clearly like an hr person who doesn't understand computer science or engineering is like writing these very technical listings as it would be like oh you must have seven plus years of experience in a programming language or a project framework that hasn't existed for that long it kind of one makes people who don't realize oh this language isn't really that old be like oh man i'm super duper underqualified or the people who are super qualified actually this language is like two years old so no one has that amount of experience like this company has lost credibility like to me and i'm sure there's like a lot of companies like the ones that your friend work for that are like man i'm just kind of hiring people there's a lot of people in business and finance who could and i'm I'm, again making assumptions about how quickly things move but in computer science and software specifically your degree like that's why people really don't get graduate degrees as much as they do in like biology as soon as you get it it's not going to be useful throughout your career because technology changes super duper fast the same thing goes biology where it's if you're well versed in like one specific tool the next thing might come in several years so congratulations your phd is useless but yeah i don't know i feel like i i lost my train of thought a little bit so if you could help me where am i Um, i honestly like thinking like what is the theme of this podcast it's ethics and tech yeah and i feel like we've already talked a lot about like algorithms and the Mm -hmm. need to include humanities curriculum in stem you know like programs we've talked about some programs that offer it we've also talked about how to include more underrepresented groups like in the workforce let's get back to like ethics and tech though yeah we've talked about stuff that i don't know people could see as dumb well we barely we barely brushed on it but like bullying in yeah on social media or false information that's being spread but what is the actual negative repercussions of these things like yeah okay the 2016 or was it 2020 like or both elections both elections were like obviously like very much influenced by technology yeah and like how we receive information online and facebook specific throw facebook under the bus yeah no exactly like put him in front of congress again like even (laughs) if they don't do anything i want him uncomfortable oh my gosh speaking (laughs) of total other tangent did you see the um i don't know if i sent it to you or who i sent it to it was some video of somebody who's important in Instagram being questioned by some member of like Congress or Senate. Wow, this is a very specific um, explanation. But basically, this member of whatever Congress or Senate was asking this Instagram lady, he's like, how are you going to get rid of the Finstas? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry, I don't think you understand what a Finsta is. He's like, are you willing to get rid of the Finstas? And she's like, well, it's a type of account we can't necessarily regulate. They just prefer to have more privacy on this yeah. one Instagram. And he's like, will you get rid of the Finsta That's feature? So, wait, so this, an Instagram lady, you mean like someone who works for yeah, Instagram? Yeah, works for okay, Instagram. Yeah. And like, kept questioning her. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's what sucks is like, because I think this kind of goes into like last episode where do we need need more scientists and policy or 
or do we need to just have more consultants who can help policymakers understand a little bit more or is like this just going to be a gap that always exists and we're always going to have congress people being like so are we going to get rid of the finstas <laughs> is that just the the nature of the game i think something that needs to be maybe in that situation okay yeah He's taught, he wants to get rid of the Finstas, obviously. I don't know what the whole, like, yeah. part of that, <laughs> what that whole thing was, like, in the context of. If you're a politician, yeah. and you're about to, like, go have this live situation with a member of Instagram, if you have these questions that you want addressed, be educated on what you're talking about. Yeah. Whether it's through a consultant, whether it's through having somebody else represent you who knows more. Know what you're talking about going into it. Yeah. Don't, don't just assume your knowledge of things you heard mm-hmm. are are, this, <laughs> so are good. <laughs> like, if you don't know what a finsta is, don't ask about it. Yeah, like, like I don't care or, if you went to Harvard Law. You don't know what a finsta is. That's so dumb. Like, also, my mom knows what a finsta is. And, like, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, like, she's not... I'm gonna throw. I keep throwing my mother under the bus. <laughs> she's not smart. No, she's, she's not, smart. not even no, good. I was at gonna cooking. say she's not no, old. No, I'm kidding. Like, oh. she's not like she's not old, but she's also not young. Okay. She's like 47. Yeah. Like she's a reasonable age. That's pretty to be, young. If like she was in Congress, like that's a reasonable age to be in Congress. Yeah. This man who was asking the question probably was not 47. <laughs> so is that a part of the problem that we have people who are well past retirement age in policy positions? Yeah. Even my grandmother knows what a finsta is, <laughs> and it's because her grandkids are of that age yeah but at what point do you need to be like okay we need to stop with these people who are going to be dead in five years <laughs> making policies that are going to so if you take it out of the context of social media okay a policy maker has to especially if they're specific a constituency so this could be like you know a county or a state or like what congressional district or whatever all of the issues within those communities are so varied where you can't get any single person who's really well versed in tech and gun laws and like environmental rights and like all the things that politicians have to care about. I feel like the answer probably isn't, oh, we need to just have super duper crazy smart people who understand every single topic. I think that's the solution to policy that includes STEM. But the, I think their solution is they try. I think they do try to yeah. get people who know about these topics, but then you end up with lobbying. So like then you have the NRA, pro guns all the way, like yeah. give your baby a gun. Oh, or back to tech. Yeah. One thing that's super duper interesting is like, yeah, the the one theme in lobbying is whoever has the most money, yeah. like most influence, and the same thing happens for tech companies. So I remember the radio show that I was listening to this morning, they were covering the Facebook whistleblower. By the way, Facebook is one of our sponsors, but we cover them like any other company, and like I believe them, you know, one of the largest media groups in the country. But that's super duper common. Like, oh yeah, Google and Amazon and Facebook have their money in so many different media companies. I think Jeff Bezos, is it the Washington Post that he... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Washington Post that he owns. And it's, okay, cool. So if all of these are so connected because you can buy the media, which is supposed to be... And I'm not saying this because I work for the Daily Aztec, which is an important source of local student-run media. But, like, the media is supposed to be completely neutral. And when you have these players, whether they be companies or lobbyists or otherwise that can just buy their way into things that have a really important function in democracy, democracy and society. Okay, so that's like not fair. Yeah, I run a nonprofit. We know this. Yes. My nonprofit has been attacked by lobbying groups. Oh. And like the recent oh, history. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Explain that for the audience. So, I run 
Women in Science Society, which is a nonprofit um, across the nation where we have different chapters at universities where we basically support women in STEM. We offer a lot of opportunities, and we're not exclusive to women in STEM, but we offer a lot of opportunities under the guise of women in science. So it sounds like it's for women only, but we're not exclusive of men. It's just we're supporting women in science. And we do a lot of things to help women in science at the collegiate level long story short. But our University of Idaho chapter recently was attacked by a lobbying group specifically to the state of Idaho that has been going to state schools in Idaho and saying your group is not inclusive to all people, specifically white men. And so they had, I think it was Boise State, they had Boise State millions of dollars cut from Boise State's funding because there was too much exclusivity of the white man. And I don't mean this to sound negative because this isn't how they phrase it, but it is when you're being attacked by them, this is what you see. You don't want us, you want us to be more inclusive because there's not a lot of pictures of men on our Instagram. Yeah. That's what, that's one thing that they came after the University of Idaho chapter about. They like wrote a whole article about our organization specifically at the University of Idaho. And they were able to have funding cut from Boise State. So when they came after University of Idaho, the chapter president got really scared. She like called me up. She's like, I don't know what to do. They could cut funding from our school the school might ask us to shut down like I don't know and I'm like well I mean you just gotta like lay with them I guess you have to add some pictures of men to your Instagram make it known that you're not excluding men it's just your name or one thing that's so interesting too and I'll let you know because like you're my peer whoever your like content specialist is also my peer but I think that's really interesting that specifically with schools oh like organizations geared towards women specifically you need to include all genders there are a lot of like non-binary and gender people who are excluded from the equation so i remember like no tea no shade to that wonderful gentleman from like fresno state (laughs) who was included on like your guys's like instagram but it's inclusivity for all genders unfortunately not talking about men like i think it's instead of women in science it just doesn't ring the same way as like marginalized genders in science it's just not it's just not as cute and it's also yeah. more letters which we're totally against no, i think like, the process flows well yeah yeah but also they cut out boise states because when they were able to get all that money taken away from boise state they had to cut their entire women's studies program no. like an entire uh, defund an entire program at the university because of this one lobbying group and it just doesn't like it doesn't make sense like yeah you shouldn't be allowed to i don't know i'm totally against filtering education. I went to a a very like liberal high school where we were all about do not filter the education like you mm-hmm. learn about everything yeah. in an unbiased way. It was kind of biased because it was like very liberal leaning and my parents talk about that a lot. Yeah. But like our education wasn't filtered. Like yeah. we were allowed to talk about different religions. We were ha- allowed to have like political debates and yeah. things like that and I think that that's something that's really important and that is being cut out a lot at the elementary middle and high school levels of yeah. education like colleges just do better about it yeah but if you're a public in college institution you shouldn't have to be filtered and yeah that's what they did to boise state and yeah and if we shift it back to tech too like it's hard because yeah capitalism has like its limitations but this is the system that we're in right now and i feel like a lot of development programs for people who are high school or younger or a little bit older oh this is good because this job is halfway for economic mobility but also it's um i feel like there are also downsides of job training programs or amazon funding middle schoolers to be good at coding in seattle i'm sure there's something there that i'm not smart enough to understand where it's like this 
has a negative impact on society and like certain amounts of money shouldn't allow you to like even if it's under pretext of like oh yeah this is helping society like maybe that's wrong to prepare 12 year olds for the workforce like even if you are telling teaching them like a valuable skill but yeah it's hard because yeah education is important but i feel like it's weird where it's like who gets a say and what education is important i think that goes back into like our point of people who are educating themselves like yeah. online on social media have you watched parks and rec um yeah i've seen the poop slinging episodes oh, okay. and so... then i've seen very other very few episodes like other than final that one season or whatever where they like go like a few years in the future there's this one like fake commercial in the show where mm-hmm. they like talk about how in the fake future like verizon chipotle and i don't know if it's amazon or like one other big company formed together to form like one big mega company Verpotle. <laughs> <laughs> and i think like that could be what happened that could be the negative connotation is that amazon becomes even more of a monopoly than it is yeah and you now everyone works for amazon like yeah. the entire world just it's it's amazon's planet and we're just living on well, it well that like, already exists like amazon owns whole foods yeah. it owns audible like the anyone listens to audible i'm sorry emails audible sends me i am so tired just I kidding I, don't, I personally never want to listen to audible again yeah and then i i know amazon owns other things but i don't i don't i don't actually know me yeah. lying right now i know they own other things they own, that i can't they own my them. home security system like, oh oh is it simply safe no ring Oh, oh, dang. And now we know. But yeah, that already exists. Like, we already live in a pretty oligarchical society. Yeah. Like, you know, what what else are the big ones? Like, Unilever, Procter & Gamble. Yeah. And I feel like tech is just going to get more. Google owns everything. Live together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're all in the same apartment complex. (laughs) But even Disney owns, like, every single thing that you watch now. Yeah. If Disney owns everything, like, then how are you able to watch something that's not shaded by Disney? view yeah and like what disney wants you to see so i think that's the issue is that you're only going to be seeing what these massive corporations want you to see which is what's happening with your algorithm is you're only seeing what the algorithm wants you to see yeah so we've already included some action steps but no one wants to listen to papers and stuff i feel like also googling in incognito mode that could be helpful too you really want to get like insane like use like duck duck go instead of like (laughs) that's insane use bing (laughs) that is like or um like deleting your cookies pretty regularly. Like, hate seeing how cookies change my ads. I would never do any of these things. Coming from the laziest person you've ever met, yeah, I, it's me. I would never do any of these things. I think you just need to be more skeptical about what you're seeing and take everything kind of with a grain of salt. Even though every single thing we've said is like, here's what I heard from this one yeah. thing that I saw once. Like the advice is like critically think. Or like I have a lot of people like on my Twitter that I know would not be included in my algorithm. I'm not affiliated with a particular party, but I am more left-leaning um and i'll follow like conservative so i have like a the whole spectrum of people i definitely agree with routers and like ap news and like people who like definitely like have no opinions and are very objective and then also people i disagree with a lot and i feel like that's like really important because you see the same headline in very different like lenses then it kind of allows you to see like a 360 view of things that are actually happening maybe that's a good i don't, I don't know if i know things enough for people yeah. to be like oh wow well, like sure i'll do that I just, <laughs> like, I, even because like i know that seeing some things makes me upset if yeah. i saw some somebody talking about the Texas abortion ban, I just get angry. Like, I don't want to see a conservative's opinion on that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So, but just be critical of what you're seeing 
on your side. Like, just just because, like, what now politics says something, that's not the end-all be-all. Even though I love listening and watching what now politics, like, I think it's great. I I enjoy the content that they post. That doesn't mean that that's the only side to the story. Yeah, and that's, I think... Or the correct side to the story, Yeah, you bring up a really good point, because you said, like, oh, I enjoy this political show. I'm like, that's exactly what we are talking about earlier. Information shouldn't be enjoyable. You should not, like, give yourself information based on how much you enjoy like, <laughs> absorbing it oh that's so philosophical like yeah. it's not, not like there's a you know, a true measure of achievement once you've perceived the truth correctly yeah. <laughs> but I don't know I think that's so true bestie yeah. <laughs> so true bestie where it's like yeah it sucks to look at things that you don't agree with or that are hard to understand but like you kind of have to do it or you have to at least absorb more than just things that like you want to I love how our um, science show has very much become like a politics and like what's going on in the world show exactly and anything and it, about science and really it should but be. it is because science is a encompasses so much of life yeah and we just think that it doesn't since this is a train wreck, I feel like it's very engineering oriented. And I feel like yes. it's, just kidding, it's not. But well, have you ever run a code that didn't work? Like oh, it? yeah, I have. Usually, like, there's a space or yeah, there's a comma or, you, or there's a wrong facing slash. Yeah. yeah. See, we talked about STEM. Okay, now we can, okay, go team. Like, <laughs> now we're done. But I think that is our episode. I feel like we're on a high note, so we have yeah, to end. Exactly. But thank you so much for listening to our second episode of SciPod or Scienced or not or SciPod. Again, yeah. um. Sci-pod science. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>